Thanks for tuning in to Glencove Spotlight. I'm Eric Schumann. And I'm Carolyn Ipel. And Glencove Spotlight is produced by the Glencove Senior Center, and we shine a light on the arts, local businesses, events, community members, and everything special about Glencove. On today's episode of Glencove Spotlight, we'll be joined by Sue Rasek, Community Relations Manager for Glencove Hospital. Sue, we want to thank you for being here. This is so exciting. Thank you for being here, Sue. Thank you for having me. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> yes, welcome. So tell us a little bit about your position at Glencove Hospital. I tell people that I have the best job in the hospital. I get to go spread the gospel, the good word of all the good that we're doing in the hospital. Um, I do a lot with community in terms of organizational output. We do um, a lot of sponsorships, education, information. And in turn, I also bring feedback into the hospital, both good and bad, so that we can learn about what it is that we need to do better. And you do so much for the community. I mean, I was just there not too long ago at Christmas. You did a beautiful tree lighting ceremony. You had Santa Claus there. You gave gifts to all the kids, treats to all the kids. It was really nice. You really do a lot of outreach, so it's great. So much fun. And uh, who was there from Frozen? We had, I don't even know those people, had, but they yeah. were all singing and oh the kids goodness, were singing. My kids are going to be angry that I don't remember. <laughs> Elsa, right? Elsa. I know Elsa. I forget the other one. It was just, it was a great time. And we love that it's intergenerational. Yes. We love that the senior center is involved. We love that the Boys and Girls Clubs are involved, the Youth Bureau, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, everybody. So it's, it's not a bad job to say the least. Yeah. And in fact, uh, the Glencoe seniors actually go to your hospital every Thursday for an arthritis class and learn all about how to help themselves with, with their, their issues there, which is really nice. We also have a diabetes support group mm. and a lot of the folks that we see at the center come to our support group that's and that's usually every other month at noon. And I see a lot of the same faces there. Yeah. It's just, it, it's really amazing because not only is, are so many employees there just so nice and so wonderful but it's so clean it's it's got a great reputation i know a lot of people have been there in fact my father actually he, when he was visiting from florida unfortunately uh, over the years there have been two occasions where he's he's had to go to the hospital one was an allergic reaction and uh, to medication he was taking and one to a fall and both times he went there he said it was one of the best hospitals he's ever been to and he's been to a lot <laughs> unfortunately but fortunately for us that we have Glencove Hospital an amazing hospital just right in our own city which is really nice I'm actually very happy to hear that yeah. and I do have to give a shout out to our manager of envi environmental services because we absolutely have the cleanest hospital in the health system mm -hmm. you do and you know what in my line of work I go into many hospitals and you absolutely do mm -hmm. have the cleanest hospital and I have to say you also have a wonderful community feel and I can you just really can tell everybody watches out for each other. Absolutely. And like Eric, I've had many family members there, including myself. So it's just a very special place. And we're very fortunate that it is in Glen Cove. You know, what's interesting is you speak about the community feel. I would say about 60 to 65 percent of the folks that work there were either born in the hospital, have been born and raised in Glen Cove, have never ever worked in any other hospital. So they take everything to heart. They have such ownership of the space and they feel like it's their home. Mm. So if you're coming into our home, we're going to treat you with as much respect as we would any other guests in our own home. Mm. You absolutely feel that. Yeah, oh, absolutely, you do. yeah. You really do. Even from the minute you walk in and the security guard greets you and, and people in the coffee shop and the gift shop and on the floors, everybody is warm and welcoming. And you're a part of the community. You, you sponsor so many community events. 
you guys really make a point of being out there and being so helpful and considerate to so many different organizations around the city. So it's it's really nice to have so such a proactive hospital get out there and and have so many wonderful programs for for the residents of the city. I, I do have to say that in large part, what I do is only um, able to happen with the support of the leadership that we have at the hospital. Mm. And not only that, even system-wide. You know, there's such a, um, a push for us to really engage in the community, to be a part of the community, especially community hospitals like ourselves, Huntington, uh, Southside, which is actually growing, and it's going to be um, South Shore University Hospital oh, wow. pretty soon. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So um, we take great pride in that, but I am ever grateful to leadership for allowing me to be able to go out and do what I do. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been in this position with so the I've hospital? only been in this position for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but prior to that, when I worked for the YMCA in Bayshore and in Glencove, I worked very closely with the system because I ran the theater in Bayshore as well. Wow. Yeah. So Southside Hospital and I collaborated on any number of programs, both educational and entertainment. Wow. wow. Very interesting background. It looks like you know a lot about a lot. <laughs> I've lived many lives. <laughs> Speaking of which, where did you grow up? Tell us a little bit about your about your background. So I was born in Tehran, Iran. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's Iranian and my mom is from Nebraska. We moved here uh, right in the middle of the revolution, about three days after the hostages were taken at Mm. the Iranian embassy. And we had to go to Belgium for about a month and a half to two months because they were not issuing visas to Iranians anymore. I had dual citizenship, as did my brother and my mother. So we had to get special dispensation from the State Department to get a visa for my dad. And from there, we went to Nebraska, to Iowa, to Pennsylvania, um, wherever we could find a floor, a basement, um, anywhere to kind of lay our heads until such time that my dad could find a job. Mm. So it's been a journey. That's an incredible journey. That is an incredible journey. Yes, absolutely. I tell people, though, it's the best thing that happened to us in some ways. Um, So I was born into a very wealthy family. And we were not allowed to bring anything out of the country with us. Mm. And I am ever grateful for that because had that not happened, I don't think that my brother and I would have learned the humility that we did and the appreciation for anything and everything that Mm. we did. So it's odd to hear it, but I'm glad that we lost the material things. Uh, Do I miss my family? Absolutely. I never got to see a lot of my family again. But... At the end of the day, I have such gratitude for what we do have. It's a great outlook, actually, yeah. And also yeah. the strength you have from that experience and that you carry with you. You kind of have no choice, right? I know. <laughs> you don't. You just show up. You got to go. go. Right. <laughs> However, I think it also, it's got to, also, just having the compassion then for people and right. being able to look at things differently and having everything stripped down. You know, what's funny. We weren't going to go here, but so Carolyn and I did go to high school together. Mm -hmm. And so we were both in Huntington. I went to Toez Junior High School when I first moved. And um, it was right, you know, 1980, 79, 80, 81, around there. And kids kind of repeat what their parents tell them. So 
We spent a good two years getting spit at. I used to get gum spit in my hair. We used to have the windows broken. We used to have, like, kids used to throw stink bombs in, right? So kids could be so nasty. Kids are mean, especially middle school kids, Uh, right? uh, Um, Where do they learn from? (laughs) Yeah, you learn you learn Mm -hmm. from home. Yeah, but again, that's one of those moments where you just have to get up, pull your boots on, and you just keep moving forward, Mm -hmm. right? So you just have to you have to do it. I think strength is kind of forced upon you to some extent. Yes. You just, you have to. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I there is no other where, choice. Where you get your compassion and your work ethic is mm-hmm. all from these past experiences. I mean, you you are part of everything in the city too, not just at the hospital. You have so many different other outlets, not just the hospital. It just goes to show just how important this city is to you and, and just how amazing you are to be a part of so many different organizations. Well, I have people like you guys. <laughs> That I get to interact with as well. I mean, there is something to be said about the organizations and the institutions that exist in the city of Glen Cove and the people that run those institutions and organizations that make you want to collaborate, that make you want to be a part of something bigger. I don't live in Glen Cove, but I spend more time in Glen Cove than I do at home. <laughs> so I we certainly want to make it Glen, better. Glen Cove, yeah. <laughs> and you've worked in Glen Cove for many, Honorary. many years. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You're one of the family. One You're the, in. I'm in. I like it. <laughs> You're in. I have a quick question. How did your family then decide to stay on Long Island? So oddly enough, everything sort of happens full circle. The universe is funny that way, right? Um, my father's aunt lived in East Norwich. And my cousin worked in Manhattan at Manufacturers Hanover, if you'll remember that. Absolutely. Then became Chase. And because my father couldn't get a job anywhere else, they finally were able to get him a job at Chase. And we lived in East Norwich for about a year in a bedroom at my aunt's house, my father's aunt's house, before we moved to Huntington. So here I find myself full circle living back in Oyster Bay, East Norwich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is interesting. There's no coincidence Right? There. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? Yeah, that is interesting. Everything happens but for a we reason. We go to places that also I think sometimes we find comfort. So Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It just all kind of drives you that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as an honorary Glen Cove resident, what is uh, I, what? What do you think? We should ask her favorite restaurant. Should we put her on the spot? Okay. Favorite restaurant <laughs> or favorite place to shop? I do love La Ginestra. Mm. They make a really good bolognese. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Not that it's very good for me to have very often, but mm-hmm. if you were to ask, that would be my choice. Have a favorite place to shop. The gift shop at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, I'm glad you brought that up. You have an amazing gift shop at that hospital that anyone can come in at any time and shop in, correct? That is correct. And they change it based on season. Um, they have wonderful employees in there that know everything that they sell there. And you have so many different options. It's actually quite surprising. Such a wonderful gift shop is in a hospital. You can find baby clothes. You can <laughs> find anything for any occasion. And what's interesting is we try to... Um, Stock things for the patients. Mm. If you need a toothbrush, toothpaste, socks, underwear, whatever they need. And I I just told Carolyn, I bought all of my Christmas gifts for my girlfriends there. That's awesome. And they were all wrapped beautifully and they were decorative. So, yeah, come to the gift shop at any time. They do have very <laughs> unusual, beautiful things. Whoever does mm-hmm. the buying for the shop has very good taste. They have beautiful scarves, beautiful jewelry, yep. not your typical hospital mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, gift shop. So and they wrap yes. everything up nice yes, for you. They and do. They do a great job. I know people who go in there just to shop quite often, like several times a year. So I think everybody should. Honestly, yeah. it's probably my favorite shop in Glen Cove because it does it does have everything. It does have a little bit of everything for any season, any it's time of year. By our volunteers, mm. which you have a great, great group of volunteers over there. Some of which are actually members of our center. Uh, Glen Cove Senior Center. So they, of course, love to uh, talk about the hospital and all, and all, all that the they do there. about the Senior Center. <laughs> <laughs> Good things, I hope. They love the Senior Center. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we're lucky we have such great facilities in, in Glen Cove. So, so many great programs. Very special place to be, yeah. to work, to live. Yes. It, I'm, this is my third time, you know, working in Glen Cove. Really? So, again, you talk about nothing is a coincidence. I figure this is, I'm meant to be here. Hmm. I started... At, there, I want to say, 1990-something as the fitness director at the YMCA. And it was a tiny little YMCA, and I watched it grow, and then I went into Manhattan. And then I came back out here as executive director of the YMCA, I want to say, in 2013 or 14. Mm. It's a great place. I love the YMCA, YMCA there. Yeah. We belong there. Yeah. We just don't go enough. <laughs> It's a great facility. And they have great camp there over the summer, too. Yes. My kids love it, yeah. And the outdoor pool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, of course, the scouts use that as their overnight. They have a yes. big uh, camp out yes. there and big cookout, which is really nice every year. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice place, a very special place right there in Glen Cove. Yep. So I, I have to ask something because if I don't, my wife's going to be upset uh -oh. with me. So <laughs> you, I heard you were, worked for Wine.com. Yeah. Tell, tell me about yeah. this because so, we, we love I took a hiatus from the not-for-profit world mm -hmm. for about two years, and I thought to myself, what do I love? I love wine. <laughs> and so there was a position at wine.com uh, running their call centers and also working with their corporate offices and corporate accounts. So I got to try all sorts of different wines. They would have vintners come in to talk about how they made their wines. We had sommeliers come in to talk about the different wines and what differentiates one from the other. Wow. I mean, I liked wine, but now I really love wine. Right, right. And I'm going to I'm going to have to full disclosure here. My husband was really happy when I left because we had a $10,000 bill for wine because I got a discount on wine. So I just buy like cases and cases of wine. <laughs> oh God, it sounds like a dream. <laughs> oh, it was not a bad gig. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to call you whenever I need a pairing and you can recommend something. Whatever I'm eating. You can recommend me no, a pairing. People call me from restaurants. Oh, really? Do they? People, oh, I was just they joking. They send me yeah. pictures of the – I kid you not. They'll send me a picture. I'll either funny. get a text message or a call. I'm sending you a picture. Well, tell me which one I should get. Well, am I a professional? No. But I certainly drink enough wine to tell you what's good. Not a sommelier? Is that how it's pronounced? The sommelier? Sommelier? That's like going to med school, though. That's a lot of work. I heard it's really tough. That's a lot of work. Yeah. I, I think I saw a documentary not too long ago about it. It's really, really yeah. tough. Very, very small percentage of people are able to do it. Yeah. And, and then it's really hard to get a job mm. because you have to be sponsored by a really great restaurant and then they want it, they have to be able to pay you. So, yeah. Just use me. Text me. I'll take care of it. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that now. I'll give everyone a, an update when we you come back it. next time. Okay. What's your favorite wine? Good question. So there are favorite wines, which I can't really afford on a regular basis. And then there's my everyday drinking wine. And I like, um, for a nice cab, the Behringer Knights Valley. Mm. And for a white wine, I love the Latour Fui Fui 
And it's what's nice. your favorite? That's just not even in the pocketbook range. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not really outlandish, but it, at $150 a bottle, a silver oak, you know, mm. it's not something I drink every day. But Have you been to Napa Valley? I have. How was that? It was so awesome. <laughs> we had the best time. Mm. We rode the wine train. Nice. Which Did is really funny. Work? Oh, no. No. That was... I went with my husband, and we actually stayed at a bed and breakfast in Sonoma that was in a vineyard. And we, um, we rented a car, and we went over to Napa every day and came back to Sonoma into the caves. Oh, it was amazing. I didn't know there was a wine train. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, you kidding you me? Have to take they the are serious train. over there. I went with my wife just a few years ago, and I have to say it was one of the best vacations we've ever taken. It was right. incredible. Did you find though? So we would get up in the morning and we'd go to the you know different wineries, and by like four o'clock, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. Yes. So we would buy a couple of bottles of wine, go to a local cheese shop, get some fresh bread, and then we'd go back to the bed and breakfast and sit on the porch. And by like nine o'clock, we're like, okay, it's bedtime. Yep. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Was that the same yep. for you? Pretty much. And there's so much to see but and, and do, but, you know, the focus obviously is wine. So you 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 get to see all these beautiful sights, but you're like, ah, it's time to go into this you know winery. And time to, I wish we took some more photos and looked mm-hmm. a lot more at like the landscape of all the, the oh, beautiful the areas out there. Yeah, we were just busy, I think, drinking. Well, you know, I'd be disappointed <laughs> but, if you weren't. <laughs> it is a beautiful place. I, I I do hope to get back someday. But I'm really happy we got to you know got to know you and a little bit of your background and I think we're going to take a commercial break right now and when we come back we're going to actually talk to you a little bit more so um, we'd like to thank Sue Rasek for joining us uh, from Glen Cove Hospital and you're listening to 88.1 FM and WCWP.org You're listening to a podcast from LIU Studios. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to this show on your podcast app of choice. For more of our programs or to support LIU Studios, visit WCWP.org. You're listening to Glen Cove Spotlight with our special guest, Sue Rasick. Welcome back. Thank you again for being here again, Sue. It's great to have you here. So... For this segment, I think we'd really love to talk a little bit more about the hospital, really learn about Mm. all the great things you're doing, how you're initiating those, and really what's happening. I think you also have a new executive director, too, right? We do. We have a new executive director who started, I believe, November the 4th, and she is a powerhouse, came out of Manhasset, was the nurse executive there, uh, implemented a lot of change, and really helped them progress. So we're excited to see what's going to happen at Glen Cove because we were already on the cusp of really changing the face of Glen Cove, um, just as any other hospital system would do and is doing. Northwell Health System is developing centers of excellence. And so we need to identify what it is that our community and the surrounding communities need and serve those needs. And in doing so, what we've learned is, and Eric can attest to this, we are living in an aging population. Absolutely. And so we need to provide services and develop services that are going to meet those needs. There are a huge number of seniors who live independently and who come into us through the emergency room with nowhere to go afterwards or some, nobody's there to take care of them. So that's something that we're looking at um, to become a geriatric center of excellence 
And not to say that we'll be a nursing home, but we will really specialize in geriatric care, um, developing a mindful care unit to work with those who are suffering from memory loss, because those folks do uh, require a lot more care, a lot more attention, mm -hmm. and a lot more staff. And also training of your staff. And the training for of that. the staff, yep. You know, because it's very sad when what I do, you know, you can walk into a hospital, not yours, but others, and you'll see somebody clearly with dementia laying in a hospital bed or on a gurney in a hallway, you know, crying out for help, screaming, and no one's no one knows what to do and it's mm -hmm. just heartbreaking. So And and sometimes if they come in after hours mm -hmm. and you don't know that they have dementia, if the staff is not made aware of that. You don't know that maybe you need to turn down the lights, dim the lights, put them in a quiet room, maybe put some soft music on so they don't start to sundown and they don't start to have that agitation. gap and agitation. Absolutely. You know, that actually uh, caused us to develop this collaborative community care committee that we've got, which um, I put together, I want to say, last year at the end of the year, where we invited all of the administrators from assisted living facilities as well as the subacute centers. Mm -hmm. Glen Cove has 19% of all of them in Nassau County. So we wanted to understand how best we could serve them because a lot of the folks that do come through our emergency room or who are admitted to the hospital for any period of time will often get uh, discharged to a subacute. So we need to have a better line of communication, perhaps some way of having the people at the assisted living facility calling our emergency room right away, some 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 mm -hmm. communication. So we've started that dialogue that uh, to understand how we can best serve them, but also how they need to communicate with us. You know, to oftentimes I'll get a call three months later. I had a resident who was treated this way or that way. You know, if you call me immediately, right. we'll take care of it. Exactly, because if an assisted living is calling 911 and they're getting taken out to your ER and you know nothing about them, right, you can't always help that person the it's right been, way. It's, it's been a great process. It's really interesting. And I think it also helps us to, to the same degree that we work with all the not-for-profit organizations and all of these other institutions. We all need to collaborate because we're serving the same population. Right. Just to back up, your executive director, what's her name? Carrie Scanlon. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about the geriatric center. Like, are there going to be specialized trainings? What's the focus? There's going to be a lot of specialized training. Ideally, they're hiring a geriatrician, also having a hospitalist on staff who has geriatric training. Um, the nurses would obviously get a lot more training, especially if they're working in a memory care unit. Mm -hmm. Even as far as the floors, a softer form of flooring. If we don't have a lot of falls at our hospital, knock wood. But should anybody fall to soften that, mm -hmm. um, you know, the non-slip floors. Our hospital's really, really clean. But sometimes when it rains or it snows, you're right. just like, oh, my God. Um, right. So so there's a lot of work and effort going on into it. And we would like to be the model for not only the health system, but for the nation. I was going to say, this could go it's really be, big. It's exciting. Yeah. It you know, is exciting. We started the Caregiver Center as a result of this project mm -hmm. as well. And the Caregiver Center has has been a great success in that we realize that the people that are taking care of not just the elderly, but a lot of the folks who come into the hospital, and we'll touch on the uh, our brain injury unit in a little bit, but what we find is caregivers oftentimes forget about themselves. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of cases, they tend to either become sicker 
than the people that they're caring for initially, or they pass. Mm-hmm. So we is have. That um, an actual place? It is going to be. It is. We just got the blueprint for it. We just have to work on permitting, but it is a program. It's an existing program. We have currently ten volunteer coaches who are trained by our social workers and case managers to go and introduce themselves. They walk through the units. They check in on all the rooms to see if there is somebody there, a loved one of any sort, right? You could be a family member, a friend. You have no idea who's taking care of whom. We offer a shoulder to cry on, a hand to hold, a resource center. So people who are looking for in-home health aides are looking for a subacute center, are looking for nursing homes or permanent residents for their loved ones. We'll provide a resource binder, elder care attorneys. You know, anything and everything, things that you don't think about right. at discharge. And oftentimes when you're being discharged, you're sitting there with your a deer in headlight. Okay, okay. But especially if you're talking to somebody in a brain injury unit, they're going to go home with a whole different person. Yes, that's true. And people don't always know where to turn. It's Their whole world has been turned upside down. So that's a and wonderful thing. resources they need, yes. too, that you could provide. You know, the interesting question that comes up is, you know, if you have a younger person, which is tragic, who comes in with a brain injury and you're getting ready to discharge them after their weeks of stay and you sit down and you tell them the plan of care, the people that are caring for this individual, well, who's doing that? Mm. Well, you are. And the shock to the system, because you're changing an entire family dynamic. Right. So it that, to me, has been one of the most important initiatives that we've taken on. Your caregiver has a very challenging job, and this is incredibly important to be able to provide this for them. You know, it's something they absolutely need. Mm-hmm. You know, and speaking now on the brain injury unit, can you tell us a little bit about that? So the brain injury unit is part of our rehabilitation unit, which is probably one of the best in the health system, if not in New York State. We really have outstanding care. We have people from all over Long Island, Manhattan, any of the boroughs coming into us. Another great mm-hmm. program that, that Glen Cove Hospital is offering. It's <laughs> exciting. Inc- yeah. You know, so many new things. Say, Listen, we, have, we already have our door-to-doctor times at our emergency room are the best in the system. And under eight minutes, you're going to see a doctor. Right. You know, and I tell people all the time, Get in your car, get in an ambulance, get to Glen Cove Hospital. I don't care where you are in our, you know, local community. Mm-hmm. Time is tissue. Mm-hmm. Get to us. People ask me all the time, are you not a trauma hospital? Yes, but we can take care of everything else. And if it is trauma, we can either stabilize you or we can um, telemedicine with a trauma mm-hmm. surgeon. So we have the, you know, we have the telemedicine going on. So oftentimes they'll stabil- stabilize you there. And by the way, you want us to take you to another hospital. You're going to get in a whole lot faster. So if they're at Glen Cove and say they need cardiac, something very serious, they'll go, go to Manhasset. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll get them there. You're always expanding and growing. I, I actually used your emergency room. I had my appendix removed. And uh, I drove there, believe it or not. I had pain in the middle of the night. My wife was too tired to drive me. So I had to drive <laughs> in pain with my appendix. And I get in there and they took such good care of me. And they were fantastic. And I... Uh, I couldn't have been happier with, with the awesome. outcome. Yeah, yeah. And then my wife was kind enough to come pick me up I'm when sure I was finished. <laughs> no, no. I actually was hoping I could say it on here just so I can play it for her. <laughs> you did. That's fantastic. Can you tell us some more about the educational opportunities, too, for Glen Cove and the people that live in Glen Cove and the surrounding areas? I know you're doing lots of great things there, so too. So what, we, what we've tried to do is 
pare down to provide opportunities for education specific to any organization that asks. So I'll give you a for instance. Um, I had a request from Locust Valley Schools to provide education about vaccines, the myths and the truths about vaccines. And it ended up being a really interesting conversation and really opened the door to dialogue and brought some more people into the hospital. We do um, a lot of education surrounding fall prevention because of our rehabilitation program. We do a lot of education about diabetes because we are Joint Commission certified diabetes educators. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a really, really challenging certification to hold. Mm -hmm. So we have amazing diabetes educators. Do you have and a diabetes group? Like people that we have two groups, yep. Group? Okay. So there's a support group that meets um, once a month in the evening, and I don't have the exact date, but I can shoot that over to you. And then once every other month in the daytime. We have a brain injury support group. We have a caregiver support group. We have healing circles. So there are any number of opportunities. The caregiver support group, is that for cancer, dementia? Of any type. How wonderful. Mm. And led by a social worker? Or? By, okay. A lot of those folks never leave, right? They become family. They become family and they take care of each other. And what's interesting, so we have the caregiver program and a lot of what we find is people who have suffered loss or understand loss end up being great caregiver coaches. Um, and if anybody out there is a teacher, a retired teacher or a social worker, a retired nurse, we would love to have you be a coach because we're always looking to train coaches. And we find that those uh, folks tend to have the best um, grasp on how to approach the program. It's all about communication. It's all about being able to read people. And then how, in turn, do you know when to give them space? Is that something they could find on your website, the caregiver support group? Like, how would they find out about they, that? They could go to the website, okay. and all the support groups are listed there. Okay. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, uh, I was told also that you're renovating the third floor. So our family medicine, which is currently on the back end of the hospital on Truby Place, is moving up into the third floor to a state-of-the-art center. We got $5.5 million in donations. Wow. To do the family practice. And I have to tell you, some of my favorite doctors are in our family practice. They, um, My whole family goes to them. I wouldn't send anybody anywhere else. And so we have the private doctors, and then we have the portion that um, serves the community. So we have uninsured, underinsured. And you've always done that, yep. I think, yeah, which so is nuts. a wonderful gift for the community. Absolutely. Yep. We do a lot of screenings for the community. I'll go to a lot of the... Um, Houses of Worship mm -hmm. with our Northwell bus, and we can provide glucose and cholesterol screening as well as blood pressure screening. And from that, we get a lot of referrals. Okay. And do you find sometimes things pop up for somebody? Like something you'll say, oh, my goodness, your blood pressure is so high. On we need occasion. to get you. Yep. On okay. occasion. And, you know, what's interesting, people think uninsured, underinsured, they have this perception of who that is, but it's a lot of college kids mm. or young people in their 20s who don't have insurance, who just don't bother going to the doctor. And that's always, to me, fascinating. So we, we try to catch those folks to make sure that they get in there, too. And, and you also have a new ENT center that will be opening the up, ENT correct? ENT center is opening up next week, Knockwood. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, with a specialty in sinus. And um, we're hoping, again, soon to have... Um, Hernia specialty as well, hernia surgery specialty oh as well. 
You're doing everything. Wow. You know, here's the thing. You need to meet the needs of the community. And we are a healthy hospital and we're only growing. It's pretty exciting. We certainly are. There's there's so many options now for so many people. Um, it, it's it's quite wonderful. But we're going to uh, take a break right now. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Sue Resick all about some future um, events that are taking place, not only at the hospital, but all around Glen Cove. And also at the Senior Center. As well, as, of <laughs> course. You're listening to 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Rome once fell, and all great civilizations do. Is America falling? Could we be doing more? Some say it's because we have stopped focusing on learning and understanding what it means to be a good citizen. That's what this podcast is all about. If civics is dead, what happens next? Subscribe to Civics is Dead on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice, or visit wcwp.org slash civics is dead. You're listening to Glen Cove Spotlight with our special guest, Sue Rasek. Sue, can you tell us a little bit about your residency program at the hospital? We have a residency program that works with us, Huntington Hospital, uh, and with Manhasset to some extent. The They come out of Hofstra University, where we have our Zucker School of Medicine. And as a result of their existence at my hospital, I'm able to do so much with the community because you're not always able to get the docs to go out there. Specialists are really difficult to get, but those residents always want to go out there. They're very connected to the community and <clears throat> very connected to the senior center. Um, I've been fortunate enough that they've been also helping me with uh, an initiative that we're trying to work on with the homeless population, which is near and dear to my heart. And few people recognize that there is a serious problem. And I hate to call it a problem. You know, I hate to call it a problem. They're people. Mm -hmm. But they're challenged. And we, I feel that we have a moral obligation to do the right thing. And it's not just adults either. Mm -hmm. It's children as well. So, I mean, it hits all ages. You know, for us in Glencove specifically, because there's been a men's shelter, a night shelter at least, for easily 20 plus years that's housed in the Presbyterian Church from the end of November through the last day of March, <clears throat> we really only see the men. There, I know that there are women and children in Glencove. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other places where they go and stay, but the men, by and large, stay at night at the Presbyterian Church. But during the day, there's really nowhere for them to go. So you get complaints from people at Starbucks, at Dunkin' Donuts, at the library, that they make them uncomfortable. And so, you know, thanks to the former executive director of the Senior Center, I was able to work with any number of people to develop this committee to find space for these men where they would feel welcome and where they could be safe and warm and just be. You know, Travis Yee, who runs the Lutheran Church in Glencove, was kind enough this year to open up his doors every Monday. So at the hospital, we started taking a collection. We provide paper towels, toilet paper, food. Some of the social workers go down with chopped meat because they're allowed to cook there. And there are some young people in there, yeah. some young people. But the senior center was really instrumental in helping find last year five of the men who were senior centers, uh, senior citizens, 
permanent housing. Yeah, with the amazing Carol Waldman. I know. <laughs> amazing, right? But, uh, you know, I, I feel so strongly about this because it takes one traumatic illness. It takes one job loss of the primary breadwinner in the house for people to lose everything. Absolutely. And people often forget that it can happen to any of us. At any time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think then one of the things you would like to see Glen Cove try and develop would probably be a, a proper shelter. I think it's it's a touchy subject right. <laughs> for any number of reasons. But um, we've been fortunate enough that the Houses of Worship have come together. And I've seen the really good work that people will do and can do when they are committed to helping others. I don't know that there will ever be a shelter, but perhaps if people were open enough and to reframe the conversation about homelessness, right? So Mm. we need to stop thinking of it as just some crazy guy. Sometimes they're just down on their luck. And for the most part, we're dealing with mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And until you get to the root cause of the issue, we're never going to be able to help them find any other help. So, you know, at the very least, to provide mental health services for these people would be a start. Well, the people that you spoke of before that came to the center that we assisted, mm-hmm. you have to see them now. I've seen them. They've come back. They're different people. They're absolutely different people. They have so much more confidence, so much more self-esteem, and they're so appreciative uh, for what you know they, they basically needed. They just needed that assistance, just a little bit of help to get them on the right path, to get them just to feel better about themselves. And they are gentlemen, they are kind, they are thoughtful, they're wonderful people. So as you said, you shouldn't just you know, point your nose down at them and just walk on by, it, do what you can for them. And there's a lot of them, unfortunately, a lot of people that need our help. And it's just so nice, as you said, that all these wonderful communities and these organizations are assisting in any way they can. It's, it's I wish people could come and see what we do. You know, I invite anybody in the area to stop by the Lutheran Church on Mondays, at least. I met the other day with four other churches, the leadership from four other churches, to see how they could come together to help and open their doors. And if not open their doors because they're not local, can they provide volunteers? Could they provide goods? So once you get the word out there, once you change your perception, and once you see people as people, you want to help. You know, something as simple as getting them vouchers to do laundry. So a lot of folks and shelters make decisions for people without their input. We felt really strongly that we wanted the men to participate in decision making. And we said to them, what would be the best thing for you? They said, clean clothes. Mm. You know, people ask me all the time, why do we collect so many socks Mm -hmm. for the shelter? Well, you know why? Because they throw them away. They have no way to clean them. Do you want to wear dirty socks all day? Underwear, Underwear, Mm -hmm. they throw them away. Mm -hmm. So a gentleman on Glen Street was kind enough to offer his laundromat for that service. And they they agreed they would go once a week. They don't want to abuse that. He will take their names. They would sign in. And then the soup kitchen in Glen Cove will pay the bill. That's wonderful. And St. John's of Laddingtown will put money into it. So you're taking money from Peter to pay Paul. And we're all trying to get there. So... Everybody kind of came together just to do something so simple. All they want to do is laundry. That's wonderful. 
It, it, it's it's so nice to to see a community come together like that and help each other. So let's say I'm a resident of Glen Cove and I'd like to help. What are some ways that I can help? Uh, places to go to, people to call. So there's always the North, uh, North Shore Soup, Soup Kitchen, which mm-hmm. is housed in the basement of the First Baptist Church. They serve an job there. yeah, they serve meals on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, and that's a that's if you're really committed to volunteering. Right. They're very serious and they're amazing. But they really train their volunteers. Uh, there's food handling that goes into that. And they have, I would say, about 80 people on those days that go and eat there regularly. Mm-hmm. It is a lot. The other option would be through North Shore Sheltering, which is the shelter that I spoke of that's housed in the Presbyterian Church in the evenings. They have volunteers come in and make meals. Now, I know that when you go online, there, if you go onto their website, there's an opportunity to click on whether or not you want to prepare a meal. And I have been told recently that a number of the organizations that had committed to cooking backed out at the last minute. So if you want to put your name there or a number so they can call in case of an emergency. So we've done that before. We've just take down some lasagna, some pizzas, whatever. You just want to make sure you get something decent for them to eat. Now, getting back to the hospital and our wonderful relationship with so many organizations, but specifically the senior center, um, there's some wonderful programs that you provide our seniors and our senior members at the center. Can you discuss a little bit about those programs? So the I think the the strongest one is our residence program where they come in bi-monthly and yes. they provide blood pressure screenings. But it's not just blood pressure screenings because they get to know those folks and as a result of that, one of our residents came back and wanted to know if she could design a card that they could keep on them because they forget what their blood pressure was from month to month or from week to week. And so this way they have this card, a monthly card, and they fill it out that they can keep track of if it's rising, if it's dropping, are there any changes. And the residents actually love coming there because they get to talk about anything and everything. You know, we're trying right now to work with people with food insecurity and a lot of those seniors are having lunch there because they have no other way to get food or a nutritious meal. Right. So that's one of the projects that we're trying to work on. And the residents, as a result of speaking to a lot of the seniors, are able to participate in putting that initiative forward. Um, we participate in your Senior Recognition Day, which I love. Yes. <laughs> the city does a great job with that. I love that. And we work really closely with the YMCA as well because they have an active older adult population as they they refer to them. And um, those folks don't need us by and large as much as a lot of the seniors. They're super active. They are always on the go. And like when we bring the bus there, I ask them to come get their blood pressure. I don't need that. I'm I'm fine. I'm healthy. And essentially what you're doing, you're just trying to develop the relationship and refer them to the doctors at the hospital. So we we have a strong relationship and we're, we're developing a nice collaborative, I think, you and I. Absolutely. You want yeah. to talk a little bit about that? I'm excited about that. Yeah. Well- <laughs> I, I, I definitely want to talk about that. But re- before we do, the residents you send are always wonderful with the seniors. Uh, they get to know them, as you said, very well. They care about the seniors. And it's, it's really nice because the seniors definitely need that. And not only do you provide those health assessments, you also provide flu shots mm-hmm. uh, for our, our seniors, which is very important, too. Um, and, you know, we're going to be starting a doc, uh, walk with the doc program as a uh, with a grant mm-hmm. that I know Carol had had secured. And that program would consist of a doctor providing a walking program, preferably in a park, 
with any number of seniors who sign up, and there's going to be a topic every month that they can discuss. Oh, I, love that. I love that. Right? Yeah. So you're, you're actively participating and, and right. you're moving. And you're using your brain. You're, you're being your social. Brain. Yes. Right. So it really covers a, a whole gamut of things that we need to, to take care of with our senior population specifically. And it gives the doctors an opportunity to get out into the community. You know, my, my commitment is always to make sure that Glen Cove Hospital is represented in the community. It's very easy for me to go to all these other specialty hospitals and, and get specialists from there. But if you live in Glen Cove or any of the surrounding communities, you want to see the faces of people that are taking care of you. And so it's really important. And believe it or not, family medicine and the residents are probably going to take a lead on that. And you'll see the doctors that are there day in and day out and so committed to this community. Yeah, and, and as Sue was saying before, one of the things she has also uh, been involved with is getting all of the senior centers involved together. All of us meeting together so that we can work together because we all have the same goal. Mm -hmm. So all these local senior centers are kind of their own entities and they're all fantastic. But what we can do together would be amazing. It's just working together in just basic, basic ways. Um, so I want to thank you for also helping us with that. I'm excited about that. Uh, we're actually meeting in March. March, we are going to be meeting and all the senior centers are going to get together. We're going to share and, and compare all different types of organizations that we work with and and um, all different programs that we offer. And we're going to come up with all different ideas together on how to help each other, basically. Because like you said, we're all on the same team. Most importantly, learn from each other. Yeah. Any other, you know, workflow. It is exciting. And what's interesting to me is, so I'll tell uh, one of the senior centers, for instance, I spoke with the folks at Seacliff about the Senior Recognition Day. And they said, oh, my gosh, we wish we had known earlier. We would have gotten a bus and brought our folks down there. Mm. And same thing with Oyster Bay because they don't have um, – it's a beautiful building, but they don't have the support from a city, right? Mm -hmm. So they have some county support, but they're more private. How can they do a little bit more and how can you guys go to them? Because they have a very swanky center. Right. You know, and they do some really great stuff and they do amazing things in the evening over there. Correct. And unfortunately, right now, we're just a Monday limited, through Friday, yeah. 9 to 5. Yeah, absolutely. So in that way, we are limited. And, and But we can help each other out. We could share members. Mm -hmm. and we're all interested in the same thing, helping our seniors. Well, you know, you already do share members because a lot of the we auxiliary do. ladies come in and tell me, well, I went to Oyster Bay yesterday and I'm going oh. to Glen Cove today. And I'm going they to get the around. Golden. Yes, they do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Speaking of getting around, I actually have a few events that I'd like to share with you that are coming up at our center. So the, the first thing I want to share with everybody is something that I'm actually really excited about. Uh, once a month, we have an inspirational afternoon segment, a little uh, a special event. Um, and this month's is going to be on uh, Wednesday, March 4th. And it's going to be with the Banjo Rascals. Have you guys heard of the Banjo Rascals? Oh, what a great name. Uh, uh, let me tell you something. They've been together since 1968, this group. They've been in movies and on TV. Yeah, and they're incredible. They play all different types of music from rock music to Dixieland to jazz, everything. And they're a great band. We're going to have them at the center. And what's great about this is that it's Wednesday, March 4th at 1.30, and it's open to everybody. So it's not just members of our center. It's completely free. So it should be a real fun event. And I actually, it took a long time to get them. They are in demand. Yeah. So we're very excited that they're coming. The uh, next event I want to let everybody know about 
is Thursday, March 5th. And we're going, I don't, I'm not sure how many people actually know that we have a wonderful um, art gallery upstairs at our center. And every two months, we have a new artist um, that shares all of their wonderful artwork. Um, we have members of the center, people that are not members of the center. Um, and we have a wonderful director, uh, Sharon Collins, who runs the whole gallery. She does an amazing job. Um, and we have a brand new artist that we're going to feature Thursday, March 5th, uh, from 1 to 2 p.m., and that's Kathleen Ficht. And uh, she is going to have a gallery, and the the, um, the uh, gallery is going to be called Water and Fluidity. Um, so she's a very talented artist, and we really like to um, share artists that are local, so with ba- basically the North Shore. So uh, it's, and is we've she had, local? she is local. Um, and what's great is also um, people can actually buy this artwork. Um, and a portion goes back to the Sage Foundation, which, of course, helps the Senior Center with all these wonderful events and programs. So the artist is also contributing to our wonderful seniors in this way. So it's really, really nice to, to have that. Um, and then on Monday, March 16th, at, uh, for lunch, actually, we're going to be celebrating Women's Month. Um, so we're going to have a Women's Month celebration because, of course, March is Women's Month. Um, and we're going to have Dr. Humes, who's a professor um, that has been with us before. She's going to come and they're going to be talking about poetry and stories and music and all different wonderful things all about uh, women and history of women and, and everything else. And we're very lucky to have her. She's absolutely incredible. On that? That's during lunch. So that's okay. around 12 o'clock we're going to start. And the program goes till about one one fifteen. Do people need to make a reservation? If they want to eat lunch, they can call our lunch okay. line. Um, and our lunch line number is uh, 516-656-6182. Again, that's 516-676-6182. But you don't have to come and eat lunch. You can come and enjoy the performance um, uh, at our center. On Tuesday, March 17th, we're going to be celebrating, of course, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, and we have uh, a great uh, band that's going to be coming for our St. Patrick's Day, the uh, the Bro-Dave duo. Uh, these two guys are going to be playing all wonderful music. And we're going to get right in the, the swing of things with our St. Patrick's Day celebration. On Wednesday, March 25th, we have the Sunshine Music Duo, two wonderful people from Glen Cove, uh, who actually started at our center uh, with their first performance, and now they're performing all over the place, local libraries, senior centers all over. So we're happy to have the the first performance they've ever done. They're wonderful people. They're going to be playing for us at uh, for lunch, actually, at 12 o'clock on Wednesday, March 25th. And then on Monday, March 30th, we have Rock and Roll Day. We have some wonderful people uh, from the band Let the Good Times Roll. Again, local North Shore uh, uh, band. Uh, there's a, a group of them. They get together every week in practice, and they've been doing this for years. They come and they, they play some of the best rock and roll songs around, and they're going to be performing for us on uh, Monday, March 30th for lunch. I do want to also make sure everyone knows about our uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade for the city, which is on Sunday, March 22nd, and that's midday at 12 o'clock as well. And and it's it's always a good time and and we always have so many people there for our parade absolutely so i do unfortunately have to say that our time is up um i do want to thank of course our special guest sue rasick who is of course the manager of community relations for the glencove hospital thank you so much for being here today and with us and sharing all these wonderful programs you have at the glencove hospital um thanks again for listening to glencove spotlight i'm eric schumann I'm Carolyn Ipel. Join us next time for more Glencove happenings on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org.